0: Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a fire breather delving into some gasoline or something like that. (laughs) I'm currently outside Hoxton Radio Studio where the show is originally recorded because it's nice and hot. This is podcast is sponsored by penguin in the room award-winning marketing for the arts go to www.penguinintheroom.com for more info this week i had brilliant actor paul clayton you might have seen him as sophie's dad in peep show he was in him and her one foot in the grave tons of stuff Uh, we chatted fire breathing bingo calling and all things being on tv and in theater enjoy
1: you're listening to baines plus one with samantha baines
0: He's plus one. He's here, my special guest Paul Clayton's here Hello There he is, It's dulcet tones on the radio <laughs> Paul, thanks for coming in Great to be here Now what have you been up to this week? You're a vision in pink, we'll have to take a photo and tweet it
1: Okay, uh, and slightly less moist than I was <laughs> when I arrived
0: Yeah, Paul tweeted me on the way and saying he was moist And I was like, oh, great, I'm looking forward to the show
1: Um, I've been doing lots of things in suits this week, which is what always happens when it's hot. Yes. You know, you go for castings and interviews to meet people and they want you to be in a suit. And this morning, and a shirt and a tie. Oh my goodness. I was looking forward to coming in my shorts and a t-shirt and being ridiculously informal. (laughs)
0: Because we can on the radio. I know,
1: I know. And you could have pretended I was in a suit. I could have. But um, no, so I've been doing that this week and catching up with work and... um, Going to meet people, which you still have to do. Um,
0: yes, lots of meetings. Because obviously I'm an actor as well. Yeah. And uh, But you do a lot of corporate work, so which is all the sooty stuff, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes <laughs> all it the is. professional things with real people. You go into offices and
1: talk. Um, the nice thing is that with the nice corporate people, you don't have to pretend to be anything else other than what you are, which is an actor. Because the reason they want you there is you're an actor. Yeah. And you you see things slightly differently, and you're taking your skills into their world. And as an actor, it means you get a glimpse into a world that otherwise you wouldn't see. So what into I yeah.
0: How people actually survive wearing suits when yeah, it's
1: yeah. and go to an office every day. It makes me much more sympathetic to my partner's <laughs> life, really. You know, and they have meetings in diaries. That's
0: ridiculous. I know. Have you had good, any good chats around the water cooler?
1: Um,
0: that's an officey thing, isn't that's it? That's
1: a very officey thing. I'm trying to think where I go where they they normally greet me. And of course, big places these days you have to have a pass. Oh yeah. Security and you get escorted. I like being escorted. And um, <laughs> then you get put somewhere, and then everybody sort of comes to you.
0: Oh, that's nice. You don't have to wander around open plan. Offices. No, 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 no
1: so um, that's been this week and last week I was working in Bucharest oh wow which was very very hot
0: uh, this weekend I was in Wales and I got sunburnt. <laughs> okay. was it as hot as that
1: um, it was about 35 36 degrees and it's a oh, wall wow. of heat so you would I was doing a normal job I was rehearsing with the theatre company in Bucharest but you step out of a building out of the air conditioning and it is like the heat is pushing back at you
0: So is everything incredibly well air-conditioned, so it's, like, incredibly cold and then incredibly hot?
1: It is, but I'm going to have to say this, Sam, (laughs) honestly. I was working with actors, and it was a beautifully air-conditioned rehearsal room, but all they did was moan that the air-conditioning had to be turned off because of their voices.
0: Oh, really?
1: Because their voices were drying out. And I Mm. said, the reason the air-conditioning is on is that my shirt is drying out. (laughs) So... um, It was interesting. It was great fun. I have to say, it was brilliant fun.
0: What was it? Will we be able to see it?
1: Um, No, in in Bucharest, in Romania, they have quite what I would declare to be quite a formal style of acting. And there is a break now to make them more realistic, some might say believable. Um, And this was a a new arts group that's been funded um, to train actors who already work in, in Romania to loosen up their style, really. So I was doing um, five days, and I did Akebourne with them. Oh, wow. Quintessential Aikborne. Englishness, <laughs> which is very good in the Romanian. You'll see, oh, is this the Willows lower pendant Bucks? Yes, this is the Willows, and it fitted brilliantly, you see. So,
0: How did they deal with the, <laughs> the Britishness? Well, it's
1: sort of good, because you sort of see it reflected back. I mean, it was quite interesting to go over there, fly over there two days after we have voted to ostensibly leave yeah. Europe.
0: Was it,
1: uh, orcs? was it Orcs? No, no, no. I mean, apart from apologising to them <laughs> for being <laughs> British, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, it was just rea- you actually realised that we have an amazingly common language in in theatre and in yeah. acting, and that they are trying to do the same as we are doing. And of course, I was gobsmacked that they were all working in English, and my Romanian is limited to foarte which is very good. <laughs> And fuati pros, which means uh, you're not going to do it like that on the night, are you, darling? Or something, I'm told. <laughs> um, but they their English is fantastic. And I can't comprehend what it must be like to act in a, in a second tongue. But they yeah. were they were brilliant. And, and by the end of the week, uh, we were in Buckinghamshire.
0: <laughs> well, Paul Clayton, jet setter. We are going to be talking to you much more about all your TV things as well. And, you know, he's very poor to be Plus one. Now, poor Clayton, we're talking about you being a grumpy man. Mm. <laughs> Self confessed. <laughs> yes, very. Oh, God, it's hot in here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Who made you... this tea? Because you look up to a particular grumpy man. You just told me, um, please tell this.
1: Uh, uh, well, I look, I look up to Victor Meldrew, I suppose, because um, I did an episode of One Foot in the Grave years ago as a theatre producer, and somebody had written a play about the Meldrews, and they gave it to me to put on, and the last line of the episode was me saying, I mean, the thing about this is, of course, I don't believe it.
0: Yay! <laughs> you got the catchphrase. Yeah. The grumpy. is that, Do you ever find yourself using that in real life situations?
1: Um, no. I normally find myself saying, how can you do this to a certain <laughs> company or whatever. I'm terrible on tweet, on Twitter. I, I do rant.
0: Did you ever say to the Romanians, I don't believe it?
1: Um, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Uh, th- we're not going out in Romania are we no. I-, I may have done I may have said I, I wish I'd known the Romanian for that actually.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to get on um.
0: do you think they dub uh, One Foot in the Grave in Romanian <gasps> that's
1: a thought I could have done it myself couldn't you I? could
0: have you what could the pros
1: voice. don't believe
0: <laughs> there we go well it's time for your quick fire round oh god Clayton. I'm really nervous now you should be I'm going to do alarming eyes at you okay so here we go Paul Clayton it's your quick quickfire round. Tea or coffee? Tea. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. D- acting or directing? Acting. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Early bird or night owl? N- n- middle of the day. You have to pick one. Early bird. North or south? North. Comedy or serious acting? Comedy. Car or train? Car. Sheffield or London? London. Pen or pencil? Pen. Writing or acting?
1: writing
0: half empty or half full half empty <laughs> That's what we've just talked about TV or radio TV ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge fridge adventurous or cautious cautious Jaffa cakes cakes or biscuits oh biscuits and Tony Blair guilty or not guilty Guilty <laughs> There we go Just threw in a bit of politics there at the end uh, Very good You did very well there Thank you um, Now you've got a bit more time with these questions We ask them to everyone What is the one thing you couldn't live without?
1: Um, That Oh gosh. I could be really mawkish and say it's my other half Or I could really oh. offend him and say it's my iMac <laughs> Um so I think it has to be my partner because I found yeah. my partner quite late in life and um
0: How it, long have you been together? We've
1: been together 20 years this year.
0: Wow, congrats.
1: Uh, but he's considerably younger than me but uh, and he's brilliant and he's he's the adult so it allows me <laughs> at, at, at approaching 60 at an alarming rate to be the child uh, in touch with my inner child. And does he have a real job? He is in theatre, but he's in the management, money-making side of theatre.
0: Excellent, that's what we like. Yeah, I just got married in April. So Congratulations I'm up to you, twenty years! Wow, um, and he's got a real job. That's good. So it's we're good, allowed isn't it? to be the silly ones. Yeah, yeah. To go <laughs>
1: home with a sense of perspective.
0: Yeah, there we go. And um, what's your biggest guilty pleasure?
1: Bingo, garla really? bingo, bingo, tooting. <sighs>
0: I would never have thought this of you. I used to walk past that in Tooting. It's a
1: listed building. (laughs) Once when I was out of work and not feeling good about being out of work, I just walked into the gala bingo at Crystal Palace and said, I want a job. And they put me on books, which is going, uh, you know, there's your books, do you want jackpot, love? Uh, (laughs) But within two sessions, I was asked to be the caller, which is terrifying because if you call the next number, and somebody's called and you miss their claim, they lose their money. Oh my god! So I did, uh, on a couple of occasions, have you can ladies fight. of a certain age waiting outside. No, no, no the club didn't mind, because they didn't pay out, but it was the women of a certain age with tattoos waiting outside for you, oh. and you came out, go, you missed my number, I called on 36, and you didn't let me have it. Um So I was a bingo caller for about five months, um, but I just love bingo so uh, an actor friend of mine andy and i have a boys afternoon and we go and buy books and we do up us one for up three and i
0: love this there you are can you give us a bit of bingo calling
1: well you don't do it now you have to all those lovely calls yeah you know like um all the eights two calorifically challenged ladies <laughs> um <laughs> you don't do them anymore you have to call the regulation oh. you have to call 8 and 8 88 and you have to call within a certain time and the terrifying thing is when you link into the national game you know you have to keep to a time scale as you're calling so wow big it sounds very good i know i know more
0: fun to play maybe yeah more fun to win have you yeah do you win often do you do the thing do you have to stand up and go bingo you
1: can or you can go line and then the caller's <laughs> expected to hear that about 170 yards away. But what you listen for is somebody calls line at the back, some little woman of 72, and then the whole of the rest of the room starts going, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the chatter that tells you that somebody's calling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I quite like calling, here, yeah. you know, in a big way. <laughs> the thing, I think the most, yeah. the most I've ever won is about £300.
0: That's pretty good, though. It is, yeah, yeah. 300 quid. Yeah. I might start this up.
1: And there's a big TK Maxx right across the road. <laughs>
0: Excellent. So you come out the window with your winnings and, um, you know. Spend it all. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, the most recent lie you've told? Oh, God. <laughs> oh,
1: I do that so often. Um, I think probably the fact that... This morning, I bounced into a casting game. It's uh, really great to be here. Thanks so much for rearranging it for (laughs) 9.45am. So probably that. But that's I thought of it not as a lie, but as a warm-up to doing a bit of acting.
0: Yeah, just a a pleasantry. Yeah. Do you lie a lot, then? Um, I think... (laughs) He's doing a cheeky face. I think I probably am quite skilled
1: in that particular... (laughs)
0: What's your most common reason for lying? Is it because um, you can't do something? I think something? as
1: a kid it was it was always to look good and to be better and to get attention. Yeah. And now I think it's probably because it's fun.
0: <laughs> well, I so think you just lie about random things?
1: No, 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 no. I wouldn't lie about anything about random things, but I might lie about something if I wanted to put somebody on the back foot. Or going so, like um, you know, they're monitoring your show today because of uh, recent reports they've had about the quality. So um, we've oh, really got to keep right. things up.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: But of course, <laughs> that might
0: be a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. There's no monitoring at Hoxton Radio, right? So the most, uh, oh, any secret habits or talents.
1: Oh, Secret Talents. Um, I wish I had kept up my fire eating that I did at drama school.
0: Oh, um, Paul Clayton, but you are coming out with them. It is, but now it's
1: just a Benson and Hedges on the balcony <laughs> at night.
0: <laughs> did you do fire eating?
1: I did. We had to do a special skill at drama school, so I did a Where routine. Where you go? To, uh, I went to Manchester Polytechnic, as it was then, School of Theatre, uh, and we did uh, children's shows, and we did a Who whodunit uh Don't ask me why it involved fire eating, but we had to do a special skill.
0: (laughs) A children's show involving fire eating. So
1: I did a routine to Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street involving lycra and two torches.
0: (laughs) I want you to redo this on... Okay. I can do Spot it on radio. Or something. It'd be amazing. Did you... How do you put it out in your mouth? I've it goes wondered.
1: out, of course, because there's no oxygen in there, so you just have to open your mouth very wide and trust. It's a trust exercise, which, of course, as you know, you do to the hilt at drama yeah. school every morning in... Before you do any acting, do a bit of trust. Yeah. So you have the torch and you place it. I'm doing mime. He's, di- he's miming and it. And it's not it's very good because I was off the afternoon we did mime. <laughs> um, but you just put it, and it, literally it does go out but it's it's that trust. And if you get it a bit close it can sort of singe your lips a little bit. Oh
0: my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not going to try it. What makes you angry, finally?
1: Um, incompetence. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: I'll make sure I do the radio properly, Paul. <laughs> I think we're in safe hands. Okay. Baines Plus One. Hello, you are listening to Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines, Baines Plus One. We're on Facebook Live. It's very exciting. Paul Clayton's here. Hello.
1: I know. I'm st- sorry, I'm still recovering from going live on Facebook.
0: <laughs> we're live on the radio and live on Facebook. What, what excitement you've brought us. Bingo, fire eating. It's brilliant, though, all and this Facebook.
1: Facebook Live. and People can see what you're doing and peer into your life. Because you've given it a go, haven't you? Well, yeah, we were on holiday, and we were doing little holiday reports from the balcony of our hotel in Mallorca. We were getting all our people to watch the tram go past <laughs> or work out whether we should buy date and fig balsamic or apple and avocado
0: big questions which one did you go for date
1: and fig yeah
0: was it not have you tried it at home
1: oh goodness we've got
0: bottles of it we're bathing <laughs> in it I don't I'm not sure if that's safe for you bathing <laughs> in balsamic hot green salad with a little rare roast beef lovely <laughs> lovely this is not just any radio programme <laughs> This is balsamic-fueled <laughs> radio programme. So hello to everyone on Facebook Live. If you want to check it out, just go to facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, and you can join in and see what we look like and check out me and Paul's matching pink tops. So cool. Now, Paul Clayton, it's time for your interview proper. Okay. How do you feel?
1: Um... Nervous, but in a good way. <laughs>
0: okay, good. Because you've done a lot of TV and stage and directing and you're an author. There's loads to talk about. Mm-hmm. Which is your favourite bit? Um, I think
1: things change all the time, don't they? Because writing is something that's become part of my life in the last four years. Uh, I re- Not that i learnt to write four <laughs> years ago. Wow. But um, I can't type very well. So what's really released the fact about doing articles and books is uh, that you can do voice-activated software. So I can sit, a bit like Barbara Cartland used to do, evidently, every afternoon, you know. Uh, She used to dictate. Well, I don't have a secretary, but I have a microphone and a Mac. And um, I can dictate books and articles and then go back and edit them later. So that sort of released it for me. and, And I really, really enjoy it. Yeah.
0: I can just imagine you in your living room with your balsamic. Yeah, a glass <laughs> of date fig balsamic,
1: you know. <laughs> and um, he raced across the lounge to meet her. His riding boots chafing as they, you know.
0: All that wow. Sort of well, <laughs> that's not the book I've got down here. Yeah,
1: okay, that that's, that's the one that's waiting for
0: approval. I want to read that one. This. So you've written a book called So You Want to Be a Corporate Actor because uh, you've done over like fourteen hundred corporate events. And it's been published by Nick Kern Books. So what can we expect from that book?
1: Well, that book's out and has been out for a while. And, in fact, my second one came out a little while ago. The Corporate Acting Book is about helping actors use their skills in other areas. So these days, nobody makes 100% of their income or lives off their acting work, really. Yeah. Uh, And there is an ever-increasing amount of drama students coming out of drama school. Um, But there are lots of jobs, such as role-play, communication jobs, customer care jobs, promotional work, murder mystery nights, that are in what we call the corporate sector. So taking acting into other people's worlds and using it to to help them. And um, I just looked on the web and found that there wasn't a lot of stuff to actors who wanted to do that. Um, if you enter role playing Google, you get some very. I was going to say, should answers. we explain what role yeah, play? Yeah, is. role play is where, for example, I started doing it with oncologists who have a, a, a very important but difficult job to do, giving people bad news. Yeah. So the news they are giving them is never going to be good, but the way they do it, they can take pride in. And in order to do that, just like you and I, they rehearse. So they have those conversations in a safe situation with an actor being the patient where they can get feedback from the actor about how they felt because of the way that the the oncologist spoke to them and by the facilitator so that when they're having the real conversation, um, they're more aware of what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Oh, so so this is a very useful for book for any actors looking for that other job, wanting to get more into corporate
1: Absolutely. work. Absolutely, it's a it's a specific area that, are, in fact, now there are some actors who may have done ten years or so coming out of drama school who go into this area, and that's all they do, and they they do very well at it because there are some very big companies. And a you lot can of make
0: quite a lot of money on it. Yes, can't you? yes, <laughs> it's quite a good you earner. Can. Yeah. Anyone on Facebook Live, if you have any questions, just put them in the comments and we'll ask Paul. Um, so, uh, what's the new book out there? The new
1: book that just came out its called The Working Actor, and it's about, and you will know this yourself, it's not about acting, because I wouldn't deem, dream of, uh, of teaching anybody. I don't think you can be taught how to act. I think you can be taught technique, but I think you can either do it or you can't. But to be an actor... There are lots of things you have to do. You have to manage your diary, you have to develop resilience, you have to have objectives, you have to have good relationships with agents and casting directors and know how to do that. So the working actor is about everything you do in your life, every day, that makes you an actor, other than the acting.
0: Okay. It's almost like a behind-the-scenes. Yeah, in a way, there was a
1: there was a brilliant book called *The Job of Acting* by Clive Swift. Lovely Clive Swift, and I read that when I was at drama school in the 70s. And it was all about how to find the best digs, and how to do your accounts, and how to behave in a television studio. I didn't read that chapter, Um, (laughs) and I thought it was brilliant. So this, I hope, is the 21st century equivalent um, for for all the people graduating from drama school.
0: Because now you have done a lot of TV. The list is endless. And people will probably know you most from being Sophie's dad in Sophie's Peep Show. Sophie's dad, yeah. yeah, or, or him and her as well. Yeah.
1: Two favourite jobs, really.
0: So, so tell us, yeah, what has been your favourite TV job?
1: I, I think those two are among my favourite because you get a chance to go back with Peep Show. I did five series with him and her, I went in originally to do one episode at the end of scene, uh, uh, one episode at the end of series three, and they liked poor, desperate, sad, gay Graham uh, (laughs) so much, and of course his relationship with Paul, the wonderful Ricky Champ, uh, and I'm Paul, Paul and Laura, Um, so that when it was Paul and Laura's weddings, uh, they decided that of course they were going to play out this whole plot line that would Paul or wouldn't he, and Graham was at the wedding as the potential person he was going to evoke with um, which was brilliant but the thing that binds both those two series together is the writing is sensational so as an actor you don't do anything you just turn up and say the words
0: So any behind the scenes gossip that you can let us in on from, um, from Peep show or Well
1: I have to say that today with this humidity <laughs> we spent seven weeks doing uh, him and her the wedding and for a lot of that time we were in a marquee at a disused management centre just outside St Albans. It's all glamour. (laughs) Uh, With about 50 supporting artists who turned up every day, of course, because they were wedding ghosts.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But it was like being in a sauna. It was a sauna, you know, because it just heated up every day. And, like, whenever you're filming in the summer and you're wearing period costume or you're wearing posh costume, that's that. I always tell friends. I am filming in period costume. I did Wolf Hall the following year. I'm doing Wolf Hall, two months, please book your holidays in England now because we'll have brilliant weather. And sure enough, we
0: did. <laughs> so uh, how do you deal with uh, all the period costumes in the well, holidays?
1: Yes, that's sort of the thing that should be in my book, really. <laughs> yeah, you know, top tip. Yes, in winter, you need the merino wool underwear from a well-known high street retailer. <laughs> uh, and in summer, you need to know basically good things to do with scissors the, the word oh. gusset comes into it you know a little bit of crotchless yes a little bit of, <laughs> of <laughs> ventilation
0: so you've worked with some amazing people in in all of your shows I mean Wolf Hall being one of them Mark um, who who was who was the best person to work with and who was maybe the most challenging right okay let's deal with <laughs> I, I I don't just
1: best makes you just feel comfortable I think there are people yeah. who make you feel comfortable so i've been I have been really lucky, Mark Rylance yeah, is a genius, um, my
0: friend Kate Phillips was uh, Jane Seymour and Wolf
1: of course and but it's just that thing that I'd never really met Mark, obviously, I'd seen his work, I'm a great admirer. He turned up, we were sat together in makeup on our, my first day, and he made a big effort to come and say hello and chat and then he had an enormous workload, so you know you're just sort of a bit round the edges and you think yeah, I'll bow down and be quite serious really mm. uh, and, and then about halfway through the morning we got into a discussion about with these big Tudor robes how you let a fart out
0: <laughs> <laughs> with Mark Rylant yeah
1: because they were trapped in and then you didn't want it to swish later no. so you know did you keep it in or did you give it and when you Fan have the that, fart yeah, out with your yeah. cloak And when you have that discussion You just see in his eye Behind all this reality And this, this wonderful twinkle And you just think yeah that, that's it And then when he's acting with you You see the same eyes And that's my definition of great acting And I did Mother Courage with Judy Dench Years ago And mercifully she stayed a great mate I saw the other week to do an interview with her you look into her eyes, when you're chatting to her over a cup of coffee and then you walk onto the stage and look in her eyes, there is no difference. Yeah. And that, to me, is the definition of great acting.
0: Next time I'm acting, I'm going to be thinking about my eyes now. Good. <laughs> so he was. Uh, so Mark was brilliant to work with. Who was maybe a little bit difficult? Can well, you tell
1: Well, I'm not going to mention her name because <laughs> this person's not with us anymore. But I did a theatre play with somebody who was a very big film and television name and they wanted to come back and do some theatre uh, and I always had a thing a bit arrogant of me as a theatre director that I wouldn't work with anybody I hadn't met and mm. I hadn't met this person, I'd seen their work a lot, so I met them and they said all the right things when we had our little lunch together and well, Paul, actually Paul, you're gorgeous, yeah, please yeah, have yes. Uh, <laughs> in your face um, yes, yes. Uh, Would you like it in non-sequential £10 notes <laughs> non- um, and then in rehearsal very good. Uh, possibly a little difficult occasionally to, to make choices. You know, you, you want actors who will try out several things. Yeah. Um, but the main fault that was by the end of a three-week rehearsal period, they hadn't learnt the lines. Wow. And as Noel Coward said, that's all you need to do, learn the lines and don't trip over the furniture. <laughs> and they were coming in day after day, and other actors knew everything, and everything. It was... And, uh, oh, sorry, line. Uh, sorry, line... line and you just you can't do anything yeah Um, you
0: can't sit them down and drill the lines into them
1: no no you can't and we tried I did walk out of rehearsals at one point I'm going to come back when you know this script which meant that the poor assistant stage manager brilliantly stayed with them all evening going through the book Um, and they were a little better. But it was it was one of the hairiest first nights that wow. you really think, I think out of the four people in this play, only three of them, I'm confident, will get to the end. It's like when actors, I don't know whether you, you had this in rehearsal, probably actors come in and then they go, oh, look, I knew this in the bath last night. And <laughs> yeah. you, then why didn't you bring the bath in here with you this morning? Because <laughs> it's not...
0: I imagine you would be such a scary director. <laughs> Uh, I would absolutely make sure I lew loo- the lines backward just not to feel your wrath. I
1: find it hard there myself now, that's why. I, I used to find it really easy. And I could rehearse all the afternoon, read the lines, go to the pub, come back, read them once before I went to bed and I'd know them. And now I have to work really hard. I did a stint in Hollyoaks about two years ago. And um
0: <laughs> Did you do the calendar? The naked no, calendar. I, at I don't the think end. I don't
1: think they do corrupt policemen in their fifties <laughs> on the Hollyoaks <laughs> why? calendar. Why?
0: could be December or something, yeah, a special treat,
1: yeah, or a bank holiday.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Oh, well, I'm going to be learning my lines for the next bit, so it's not to as to in, in, incur Paul's wrath. Plus one. Paul Clayton is here. We're having great chats, aren't Hello. we? Hello, Hello. Hello. I'm, loving I'm loving it. Loving Now, Paul, you get to interview me. I get to probe you in this section. <laughs> My plus one gets to probe me. Okay. So ask me anything you like.
1: Are you going to Edinburgh again? I am. Aren't you sick and tired of it
0: now? (laughs) But this, so, but I started doing stand up about three and a half years ago, so this is my first solo stand up show. Oh, right, okay. So I've done seven Edinburghs as an actor, and then I've done bits and bobs of stand up, but this is my first solo.
1: But you love acting, (laughs) and we know you're very good. But, so what made you want to go through the sheer hell of being out there on your own?
0: (laughs) Well, I was in a sketch group, Uh so we were doing kind of comedy acting, and I was sick of sharing all the applause three ways. You
1: know, I'm starting to identify with that.
0: You should try it, it's great. What? No, it was because I, I tend to do always do the comedy roles and things, and I've always enjoyed that side of things. And I was doing more and more writing, because I'm a bit of a journalist as well, so I write for several people. And I, I really wanted to write something, but I didn't feel like I wanted to write a play. And I love writing gags and making people giggle, so I thought I'd give stand-up a go.
1: I did the. I, it went the other way for me the other a couple of years ago because I went up with Charlie Baker, who I know as a comedian. He was an actor and then he a uh, stand-up. Yeah. But he wrote a play for Edinburgh. So
0: oh I really? Went
1: and that. But are you going to be? Is it luxury hotel, luxury hotel, <laughs> or shared dormitory room?
0: <laughs> well, it's it's old student accommodation, but I have my own room, my own toilet. But toilets. you're not an old student. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was a student once, um, but no, I've got my own loo, but it is in that sort of student Absolutely accommodation. Parable thing. Yeah, but we are sharing a living room. But it was the nicest one I could find, but it's so expensive in Edinburgh the fr- fringe. So um yes. you're doing the whole, the whole the whole run
1: with no days off. I have one one day.
0: I have one day off, but I'm doing lots of things that uh, I am coming back for my um mother-in-law's wedding. And I'm also presenting a radio show that I can't quite announce yet, but it's a very exciting national one on that day. So my day off is going to be jam-packed, and then I've got to go back to Edinburgh and do my show. (laughs) the next day Um, but apart from that I've got no days off so 3rd to the 29th with the 6th off
1: what's your your favourite choice then would it be an absolutely packed week running about no time or would it be nice regular gigs with a little bit of space to breathe between them
0: Well, my head is saying space between them, but actually I love running around. I love, I hate it, but I also love Mm. being busy and being like, oh, I've got no time. And um, it's awful because I'm like late to everything when I'm busy because there's so much going on. But I do, yeah, I get very bored when I've got time, which is why I think I started writing for... Different publications because I just had space in between jobs and gigs, and I thought, I'll write something down. Yeah. yeah. And also, write. that fact
1: that when you get that space, you think, how do I manage to do a job yeah. <laughs> when I have all this to do? You know, but it's brilliant to, to actually fit all that together
0: yeah it's weird i get very stressed a a lot of the time but i love how varied everything because you know obviously i present the radio i act mainly on tv and film now i don't do that much theater anymore and um, uh and do stand up and write and
1: and marriage has had to fit into that (laughs) yes
0: yeah two months ago (gasps) very recent yeah But we're having two weddings. So we had our little small, lovely wedding. And and we're having a bigger wedding. At the a bigger, lovely year. wedding? Or a
1: bigger, horrible wedding? <laughs>
0: Probably horrible. No, it'll be lovely. A big, very expensive wedding compared to the small wedding. Oh, that's good. <laughs> good,
1: good. I always think money means class.
0: Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. And a bigger dress. And yeah. should be nice. But yeah, so lots. It's a big year. Bought a house, doing my first solo show, got married.
1: But the good thing is, of course, it could all be material for the
0: stand-up. Yes, for next year's show. Okay. Will well, be the stress of last year.
1: The sequel. So, my, yeah. my, my, my favourite year marriage, yeah. house buying.
0: And then at the end, I collapsed. Because no, well, this year's show is about science and the universe. Oh, really? So it's very different. Yeah. And my love for Professor Brian Cox.
1: I thought we were going to mention Cox somewhere.
0: <laughs> Always. Yeah. Pains Plus One love. loves the Cox. Um, thank you very much for my interview, Paul. <laughs> Baines Plus One. The news on Baines Plus One. Sit back and listen to Baines and her guests analysing some of the most important stories breaking this week. Indeed, it is time for the news on Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and Paul Clayton reading the headlines.
1: Today's headlines Thursday, the 7th of July Body parts on the court. Staff for Ghost Town. Hold the takeoff for turbulent marriage, invisibility scarf, and browser to continue living in libraries.
0: Those are the headlines. Very good. So, of course, we bring you all the most important news stories of the week. First of all, we've got body parts on the court. This is quite horrific. So, this is with a month to go until the start of the Rio Olympics, something fishy. Well not quite fishy He's washed up on the volleyball beach So this is Copacabana Beach in Rio de Janeiro It's set to be the location where the beach volleyball athletes are going to compete in the Olympics Although in the last few weeks Mutilated body parts have been washing up on the beach And the event organisers obviously aren't very happy There's been no official announcement to say why it's happened But there has been an announcement from the police confirming that there have been body parts found it's a little bit tricky in the run up to the Olympics with uh, South America, with all these reports of rising crime and an ongoing recession in the country, and states struggling to finance the sporting events. Uh, also, the police and firemen have been protesting after missing wages. And now we've got body parts. And also, they've put up a sign at Rio's International Airport reading Welcome to Hell. Paul Clayton. Do you fancy popping over to the Olympics in Rio? Um, Well, look, look,
1: as long as they clear the court before they play the match, there shouldn't be any arm.
0: (laughs) Lovely. See what you did there. Oh, I hope they don't get legless. No, it's... Oh, I think, where are they from? Surely they need to, like, work this out and, like, do an official statement and where are all these bits coming from of people? Well, I
1: think there's an awful lot of things they're probably going to have to... Modify or
0: change when the Olympics start in
1: Rio, aren't they?
0: Imagine if you're just televising some sort of key volleyball match and then they're like, oh, what's that on the court? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who knocked
1: that over the net? Oh, it doesn't seem to be attached to anybody. Yeah. oh, it? his arm's fallen
0: off. No, no. <laughs> it's a bloated one from the sea. That's quite scary. I'd be worried if I was a volleyball team player.
1: It's quite impressive that I once remember in rehearsal at the National Youth Theatre years ago that we were doing a game on a Saturday morning and um, a really good ballsy Geordie lad just said, oh, sorry, I've got to sit down just take my foot off for a minute. (laughs) And there'd been no instance that he had a prosthetic foot, but he just sat down and unscrewed his foot, took it off and then screwed it back on and carried on so you know to take my foot off yeah perhaps that you know if, if anybody gets injured there might it means spares there's spares at hand spares yeah.
0: definitely useful uh, staff for ghost town so this is a small town in new zealand they're trying to c- recruit new citizens as they have too many jobs for their low population this doesn't normally happen does it so this is in the south of new zealand they're having a tricky time uh, filling roles in local businesses and authorities so the town's residents have started what they're describing as a population drive. So landowners, house builders and businesses have teamed up to offer employment and home buying packages at well below average. They're on the hunt for a thousand new citizens to fill roles in various careers and local residents are eager for, for work work-hungry people and families to leave New Zealand's big cities and move to their little town in exchange for guaranteed work and the promise of enjoying living in the real old-fashioned New Zealand community. Would you go, Paul? Do you fancy it? It's a long way. (laughs) Isn't it? Also, I'm quite disappointed because the headline is staff for ghost town. and I thought it would be some sort of fairground ride. Yeah, <laughs> That yeah. needed uh, people to because you know, I used to love those ghost rides. I they I they still scare me.
1: Perhaps a lot of those people who are regretting how they voted in the referendum might want to apply.
0: Yeah, and then you can, you know, get a New Zealand passport. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, if you marry someone from there or yeah. live there for a while. So there you go. If you're looking for a job in the UK, you can't find one. I mean, they are encouraging people from New Zealand, but maybe they'll take anything. Head on over to the small town. It's called Ketengata. That's what I'm going for. Might be wrong, but that is how I'm going to pronounce it. Hold the takeoff for turbulent marriage. So this is um, a flight from Moscow to Vladivostok was delayed for several hours when a passenger demanded to be let off the flight to divorce her husband. Important stuff. (laughs) The unnamed lady, apparently in her 40s, I don't know why that's relevant, good news reporting, was overheard by other passengers saying, I'm not in the mood to fly now she wanted a divorce. Then she demanded that the flight attendants allow her to leave the plane before it took off and she's decided that she needed a divorce immediately. We don't know if her husband was on board but um, it it was after a lengthy battle with flight attendants she was allowed to leave the aircraft but the entire 500 passengers also had to disembark and wait for seven hours for the next flight.
1: Oh no, that's the really sad bit because up until then I was thinking it's a really original excuse.
0: Yeah, good honour.
1: Yeah, no I do quite a bit of flying and your heart always sinks when the excuse is you know we're going to sit on the runway because air traffic control can't find a slot for the next hour Um, but no actually we're sitting on the runway because somebody's going to get off and get divorced
0: (laughs) much more entertaining or
1: giving birth that'd be quite good
0: Yeah, like a soap opera on your plane can you imagine the announcement Yeah, you can Blah Blah Air would like to inform you That a lady would like to be divorced this afternoon So we're going to stop the flight You're all going to have to wait for seven hours I don't know why they couldn't just quickly let her off On the runway (laughs) Out your pop (laughs) <laughs> and then they could have taken off. I would have been angry. You, Grumpy, Paul Cain. Grumpy me.
1: Uh, planes don't go there. There was a woman on a flight I was on recently who was getting really annoyed that her husband was in row three and she was in row 12 behind us. Oh, I booked these tickets. I thought we'd be closer. And they went through hell and high water to shift him back to be in the same row as her. And then she turned not and went, no, I didn't book him next to me. I booked him over there. <laughs>
0: Maybe it was the same woman who wanted the divorce.
1: Perhaps she then stepped it up. Uh, Hello, I didn't book him here. I booked him over there.
0: Yes, (laughs) I want a divorce now because he's too close to me. Invisibility scarf. I love this. I've written my poem on this this week. This is a paparazzi-proof scarf, and it's flying off the shelves. It protects the wearer's identity when photographed. Okay. So this was designed by a Dutch fashion entrepreneur, Sadif Sidiqui who says that he designed the item of clothing to give people their rights to privacy back. So this is, it's covered in a reflective pattern and basically it just reflects back the flashing light from a camera flash as the photo's taken. So basically it ruins the photographer's photo because it turns the image into just a big bright blur. And it was first seen, obviously not in photos, at last year's London fashion show. And it's been a hit with celebrities. Cameron Diaz, Joe Jonas and the producer, Major Lazer, have all used the scarf. To protect their identities, it's only £289, and it's sold out in the UK, uh, along with a range of other invisibility items, including phone cases, and they're going to go on sale very soon. What do you reckon, Paul Clayton? Uh, oh, sorry. Do you want to be invisible?
1: Yeah, no, no. I was on Amazon trying to get one. <laughs> um, I do actually. If I had, uh, you know, that thing when Sally said, "What's your superpower?" Yeah, um, I think invisibility would be mine. But I'd want the sort where. Not that I'm just being reflected about. I'd want to be able to go into rooms and, you know, Spy. that the voyeur
0: Yeah. in me. Spy on people and get into places that you're not allowed in. But the thing is, what you really
1: want to do is you want to go into rooms where people are talking about you. And then you're going to hate it, aren't you? Because you're not there and they are going to say what they really think.
0: Yeah, but if there is that sort of sick fascination where you do want to know. So you would still do it and then you'd just oh, cry yeah, yeah, silently yeah, yeah. under your invisibility
1: cloak. No, 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 no. Then I'd go into their briefcases and remove key things that they couldn't <laughs> see or, you know.
0: Or text their partners and be like, I yeah. want a divorce. I'm getting off my flight.
1: <laughs> or lift hot cups of coffee in front of them and pour it onto the table yes. as if by magic.
0: I like it. But you, this is just a scarf.
1: I know, so it, it's it's a bit of a letdown, really.
0: I mean, I, I'm sure it must be useful for people who get snapped all the time. Because I always think, you know, if one day I make it and people know who I am... Um, and and I go out all the time with like no makeup on, looking awful, like you know, with my hair all greasy, just going for a pint of milk. I don't want people to see that in a, in a magazine with them circling all my spots and being like, look. No, I've always
1: thought that if I got to the stage whereby I had to put my full makeup on before I went out, I'd I'd want to give up.
0: Yeah, but it's it's quite scary. Do you find that as an actor, the thought of you know some people knowing who you are is obviously lovely because you get some attention for what you do it is it's great But
1: and and always when people do that and they have the courage to come up to you and say we love something you're in how brilliant to be complimented by a stranger for your work but sometimes it goes a little you get caught out by it it's normally in waitrose for me oh with a pointy finger. That's where they hang out. Oh, it's you, isn't it? And then you think, I don't know who you are. I mean, I don't know. the. You know, I I have to look at a a photograph of my mother every morning to remember who she is now. So, you know, people go, it's you, isn't it? And you're looking at them thinking, now, what sort of reaction am I doing? Am I doing, yes, it is, hello, with a little (laughs) wave? Or am I doing, I i think i've worked with you and were you good or were you bad or whatever so it's just that sometimes the, the the manners get thrown out of the window i i love it when people have got the courage to come and say hi hello just wanted to say how we um uh, we like what you do and, and it's have brilliant. you
0: ever had an awkward time though has ever anyone ever been a little bit too much did you need the scarf ever My partner is
1: fantastic about just standing behind me, a little bit like the Duke of Edinburgh, Mm. uh, and then stepping in on the third line when he hears I'm groping for something to say. I'm really sorry to interrupt, but, you know, the taxi's waiting. and and we run
0: that's good because I have had it a little bit which is nice Um, but sometimes people want to have a whole conversation with you but they don't say anything and they just wait there waiting for you and especially I'm meant to be funny so I feel like loads of pressure to then like do like a bit of stand up (laughs) or something in Waitrose
1: yeah that's absolutely and and also they just say we love you in this and you go thank you that's very much that's very nice of you and then where do I go from there yeah
0: that's the end of the conversation. Bye. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. awkward. Uh, finally, maybe we'll get your scarf. Finally, that protects you against awkward conversations. Yeah. I'd pay well for one of them. Yes, yes, that would be good. Can you do that next, uh, Dutch fashion entrepreneur, Safe, please. Siddiqui. <laughs> safe, it's good, isn't it? Safe, safe. it makes yeah. you safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> safe from people and paparazzi. Browser to continue living in library. So this is a cat... I love cat stories, as you know. Named Browser, who's been living in a Texan library for over five years now. And he's won a council battle. I don't know how he won it. Against eviction. So he's incredibly popular with the librarians and the readers alike in this local library in Texas. But in recent months, local authorities suggested he might have to find a new home due to the health and safety risk posed by him, the cat. So after a public battle with the local press between the authorities and cat lovers big online support staying put He, it all came down to an official vote and the council overturned Browser's eviction notice by voting unanimously in favour of Browser so he's going to live in their library are you mm. a cat fan Paul? no
1: I said in the quick quiz I'm a dog person <laughs> quite frankly the sooner the bookcase has fall on it and squash it the better <gasps>
0: really no How could you? Poor browser. Oh I love I'd love a cat in the library. You could have a little read and then have a stroke as well. No. Yeah,
1: or you could look things up in it, a catalogue, you know. (laughs) Oh god, that's really
0: good. Oh on that pun. Plus one. It's time for Poem of the Week, Paul Clayton. Do you like our music?
1: Yeah, it's quite poetry-like, isn't not it? it? Poetry corner.
0: There we go. Poetry corner time. Now, you have written us a special poem. I'm very excited.
1: Yeah, and, and it actually links in with what we're talking about on the news because I've been flying quite a lot, holidays and work yes. and whatever, and um, it's about flying.
0: Lovely. Can we hear
1: it? OK, it's a poem about flying by Paul Clayton, 59. The joy of flying is dying. Stewards crying, shoes off, belts off... Lots of bare belly, wobbles like jelly... Priority given to those driven enough to have kids... No liquids... Jet isn't easy... I'm queasy that the air might be Ryan's... And too many Bryans... Even BA have started to fudge it... Lunch in a box, now they've gone budget. They cancel your flight, which is pretty galling... And forget to tell you, which is really appalling... (laughs) And now that we have voted to exit... There'll be nowhere to fly to all thanks to Brexit, no compensation when your flight's delayed outside the EU so you won't get paid, and if you're a flyer and you're just a bit nervous, don't even think of calling customer service. So is it time to stop flying and stay home, which I like, just to be sure I'm buying a
0: bike. Yay! That was brilliant. I love that. Also performed brilliantly. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. you <laughs> too kind. Is this your first poem experience? A, a
1: poem? Really good. Yeah, I don't think I have written a poem since I wrote Rotherham O Rotherham, which appeared in the Rotherham Advertiser when I was nine.
0: Oh, published author yeah. of poetry. Very nice. Well, I feel like it's a new thing for you. Uh,
1: it could have opened something I haven't previously <laughs> opened.
0: It can be your next book, poetry. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've written mine on the train here. It's not as good as yours. It's called Invisible Celebs, and it's about the scarves. Okay. Do you love Harry Potter as much as me? One of my favourites is The Cloak of His You see... If you thought there was only one, I'll tell you something that will stun. They're selling them for £289 and they're doing the celeb rounds. But it doesn't work as well as Harry's, so they won't be all be happy Larry's. It does reflect the light, so photographers will get a fright. When their flash goes off, the celeb will scoff, as the reflective scarf will ruin their picture. Meaning said photo will not be a fixture in any newspapers or magazines. Yes, this scarf is more than it seems. I bet you'll laugh, but when I heard of this reflective scarf, I didn't think reflective as in light, and try as I might, I can't rid the image of a thoughtful scarf, and just to check, will it be pondering life while it hangs around my neck? There we go. That's my poem. Oh, that's
1: very good. And increased points for topicality. <laughs> and also for rhyming picture with fixture.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's, that's,
1: that, there's a name for that and I can't think of what it is.
0: <laughs> well, some of my rhymes are... Uh, half rhyme sometimes. What when do they you're call it? It, it? Begins
1: with a, and I can't remember. But it's like I know somebody said it's like when you got the rhyme wrong, <laughs> like when it doesn't quite. Assonance, doesn't assonance, quite assonance. Yeah. So picture and fixture. Very good. I love that.
0: Well, thanks, thanks, poor Clayton. Oh, I, I'm blushing. Um, so those were our poems of the week. We will be back very shortly. With uh, we're going to be chatting about your charity. What What's the name of your charity? Grim and Co. Oh, Is that really the name of your channel? Yeah,
1: as in Brothers Grimm.
0: Oh, brilliant. Grimm and co. So we're going to be having a little chat about this. Baines Plus One. You are listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and the brilliant Paul Clayton. I
1: know, still here and loving it.
0: Actor, poet, new poet. Poet, I
1: know, I'm (laughs) going to put that, you know. uh, That makes me a polymath, doesn't it, now? Is it a polymath? Yes.
0: Add it to your Twitter profile. You'll get loads more followers. Oh, that's it, okay. Actor, author, poet. Grump, there we go. Grump, yeah. yeah. Um, now, we have to talk about your charity, Grimm Co., which I actually thought was you making a joke because you said you're confessed Grumpy Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's, no, it's a perfect. good title for me. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about Br- Grimm Co.
1: Well, of course, Grimm, I think most people might think of the Brothers Grimm, yes. who told uh, fairy tales and stories. Uh, and this is a charity that uses the power of getting people to tell stories to improve literacy and imagination. And it's based in Rotherham. It's a Yorkshire-wide charity. I come from Rotherham. uh, And I was really grateful that there were lots of things when I was there in the 70s that got me to where I am, you know, to let me do drama and tell stories and things. So this wonderful charity, uh, founded by a wonderful woman called Deborah Bullivant, we've taken over a department store in the centre of Rotherham, and it's been turned into a storytelling shop. So you come along, either with your school or you come on your own, and it's a magical room, a bit like somewhere you might find in Diagon Alley, you know, in, um, yeah, in your Harry Potter really world. Yeah, cool. uh, And glasses of middle-aged vitriol and essence of imagination, which I think are really bath salts, but we won't tell <laughs> them. Uh, but then you you create a story. And at the end of your three hours there, every child takes away a published book of their story that's been written with brilliant volunteers who come from all over South Yorkshire to help them. Uh, And um, I was asked to be... I'd love
0: to do this.
1: I know. (laughs) Adults I take and want to go and do it. (laughs) And actually I did. We did an opening day where the press were there and we had some schools there. And Joanne Harris, who wrote Chocolat, uh, and Jeremy Dyson... Who's uh, one of the League of Gentlemen, and Ian MacMillan, the poet, who I love. Poets, oh. you see, recurring theme. <laughs> He'll be very proud of my poem. Yeah. Uh, we were all there working with kids on that day, and it was the most fantastic day. So um, we're sort of oh. trying to get the word out there now about yeah. what it does and how it's how it works.
0: And where can we find you, the charity? Well,
1: we've got a website, Grim and Co. And at the moment, is that I, dot com? Uh, it is. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Just enter Grimm and Co. Yeah. And it comes up. Uh, but also on Kickstarter, I'm trying to raise some money at the moment because we're going to do a gala at Barnsley Civic Theatre, that well-known hall Lovely. of the varieties, <laughs> uh, on September the 10th, where we're going to actually use the stories created by the kids. And in August, we're having a playwriting course where kids will create some 10-minute plays and they're gonna be put on by actors and we're gonna get some other actors to come and read stories Got with some the p-
0: names as well. Yeah, we
1: have. We'll probably have some people from Soap World and some people from Shakespeare World. Lovely. Um, but just not only to raise money, but to get a profile for what it's doing, for what yeah. the charity's doing. Because I think we all have an imagination. And, you know, people go to the gym and they work out their muscles and that's all right. But actually, you need to work out your imagination. And these days, when everything is presented to you on an iPad or a phone and you can go anywhere, and that's brilliant, you can do anything you want on a tablet or a phone. But actually you can do even more inside your own head Yeah, and if we can get that out of and people's heads and to encourage heads.
0: young kids I think yeah. it's a brilliant, brilliant charity definitely check that out and head over to Kickstarter uh, Kickstarter like to and
1: help. just enter in and Co and that will come up if you'd be kind enough to give I think we're about a thousand short of our total and we've got about two or three weeks to go um, brilliant, um, it'd be amazing if yeah. you smash
0: it and go further. Smash and Let's go further. Let's do it Hoxton Radio, massive. Thank you um, and, and, and then you can head over to the gala on the 10th of September
1: 10th of September, if you're in Yorkshire or if you've got a desire to visit Yorkshire, yeah uh, check us out and uh, we'd love to see you
0: Go for a walk in the hills and then watch some TV and Shakespeare actors do yeah, or some Or the kids Yorkshire space. Sculpture
1: Park, I'm told, is very nice <laughs> Oh, bonds, eh?
0: hello, top, top tips. Paul Clayton, thank you so much, you've been brilliant, we've had Great chats.
1: It's been an absolute joy.
0: Oh, Mr. Grumpy is happy. Well, it is.
1: I shall be grumpy when I get outside because okay. I'll be moist by the time I've got to the station once more. Damp, damp.
0: After pains plus one, everyone's moist. Good. So uh, you can uh, check out Paul on the internet www. and on uh, Twitter as well at claytoncast. Don't remember he's. Don't forget, rather, he's written two books as well. So if you want to read his voice (laughs) and all his top tips, you can. Available in all good bookshops. Uh, Yes,
1: and on Amazon as well.
0: Very handy. Um, Paul Clayton, thank you very, very much. Uh, we will be back next Thursday of course 12 till 2 on Hoxton Radio with another marvellous guest from the world of comedy and or TV you can also check out this very show and all the previous shows on iTunes if you just search Baines plus one do subscribe to get updates on our new shows and if you'd love to give us a cheeky little review maybe five stars on iTunes that'd be really nice it helps with ratings please Baines Plus One. You've been listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please leave us a quick little review on iTunes. Uh, Five stars would be great. Don't forget to subscribe to be updated on all our new shows that come on every week. You can also follow me on Twitter at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S.